All right, you got your Bibles? The B-I-B-L-E. I don't care if it's on your phone, on your iPad, however you got it, written form. Make the devil nervous, and let's put it in the air. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What it says I can have. What it says I can have. I can do. I can do. What it says I can do. What it says I can and do. And I am. And I am. What it says I am. What it says I am. You believe that this morning? I do. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you time to get together and be together surrounding your word and uh, your people. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher and our guide to lead us into truth, to liberate, set free. And so, Father, we just thank you that the truth that we hear, we receive it and we apply it and we grow and we're better for it in Jesus' name. Somebody say Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, we're going to continue talking about growing up spiritually. spiritually. And so uh, it's, a, it's a topic that applies to every person because uh, we all should never think, I've arrived, I've got it all figured out, just back off. So there's a time where we just got to humble ourselves and go, there's still room to grow. Do I have a witness? Amen. You know, and just like a baby has to grow up, when we get born again, when we invite Jesus to be Lord of our lives, we have to learn how to grow. We can't stay a baby. Uh, we got to continue to grow. And when we get born again, we get born again into the babyhood stage. And that's the beginning of our spiritual growth. And uh, so, yeah, and growing. There, there's one difference between physical growth and spiritual growth. The spiritual one is you choose to decide to grow. The physical part is going to happen whether you choose it or not. Spiritually speaking, we do have a choice whether we decide to grow spiritually or not. So got to make a choice, not automatic. And one of the things that we deal with in growing is our carnal nature, our human nature, or the flesh. flesh. And uh, the flesh fights us all the time, you know. Uh, Didn't want to get born again. How many just when you just, you didn't receive Jesus on the first take? (laughs) You know, it took a while. Second, third, fourth. Anybody? Terry's got his hand up. We're just... He got it, finally. And so, but when we choose to, to get born again, we constantly have to fight the flesh. Because our spirit gets born again doesn't mean uh, our mind, the way we think, has changed automatically. Our desires and nature hasn't changed. That's got to be disciplined to grow. So when we get born again, it's still you. You've just surrendered yourself to Christ and go, okay. I'm born again spiritually, but then we have to walk some stuff out. So when you're talking about the flesh, what do you mean by that? When you use the word carnal, what do you mean by that word? What does that look like? Well, you know, how many deal with anger? (laughs) How many deal with with frustration or temptations or uh, desires that aren't really godly? Those are all things of our carnal nature and flesh. Okay, Things like a little kid might say, uh, well, what about me? Is that carnal? Isn't it kids one of their first words, mine? Yeah. Mine. yeah. Mine. They learn mine. So spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. You know, well, that's mine. What about me? You know, have you ever had a... Okay, do not raise your hands. 
Or tap the person next do to you. Do not do that either. <laughs> Just answer in your brain. Have you ever had a pity party? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Poor me. Nobody's thinking about me. So me is a carnal flesh thing. And when we get born again, that me flesh, that what about me doesn't automatically just change. We have to choose to grow up spiritually. We have to choose to say, it's not all about me. It's not all about my flesh. You know, spoiler alert, the full growth, the Bible tells us to grow into the full maturity of Jesus Christ. And when we look at him, his life represented of ultimately giving of himself selflessness. And so that is, that's the end game, is not being so concerned about ourselves, but how we can be a blessing to somebody else. And uh, that takes some growth to grow out of uh, me, myself, and I. Okay, we're going to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to verse 11. As you're going there, how many know that when you grow physically, you, you go through like an awkward stage? Am I the only one that went through an awkward stage? I look at pictures and go, oh, please, mom, could you just take that out of the photo booth, or the, the photo album? That, those pictures don't need to be even seen. You know what I'm talking about. So spiritually speaking, there are times as we're growing up that we might be feel or whatever a little awkward, but do you know that's okay? Do you know in the body of Christ, you're going to have people that are just babies. You're going to have people that are adolescents. You're going to have people that have been walking with Jesus for years and are, have, have learned we're going to discover, though, that you can still be walking with Jesus many years and give in to carnal, fleshly things, right? Yeah. You know, that awkward thing, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes kids, you know, their feet will grow first before the rest of their body. So they'll have a size 12 foot, you know, and, and you know, they're only four foot six, you know. <laughs> and so, well, you're going to be tall one of these days, but, you know. What's just, wrong with four six? You know, just just keep a first aid kit with you because uh, you're gonna trip over yourself all the time, and so yeah, there is an awkward time, and spiritually, sometimes we do trip over ourselves. All right, First Corinthians thirteen eleven. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So Paul's just talking about encouraging this church. Actually, this church was, was known as his problem church because they really preferred to stay in the babyhood stage of their Christian growth. So Paul's saying, hey, it's time to grow up. Put the bottle aside. It's time to grow up. It's time to start leaving those childish thoughts and ways behind and start to grow in Christ. So we want to talk about the three stages of growth today. So let's start with a baby. Babies are cute. Aren't they cute and adorable? We have some babies right here. Babies are so adorable. They seem so innocent and cute. But do you know that babies, you have to actually feed them. You have to clean up after them. When they fuss, you have to, you know, attend to them. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. 
they're completely dependent on somebody to take care of them. So, spiritually speaking, babies are the same way. Do you know babies make messes? Mm, I'm going to say that again. Babies make messes, guys. It's, it's time for the church to start, stop judging the messes and realize if there's no messes even in the church, then you don't got no babies. Yeah, I'm talking real. If you got no messes in the church, it means there's no babies in the church, which means there's nobody getting saved, getting born again. You've got to have all stages. So babies make messes. Wow. Wow, that was good. First Peter that? chapter 2, verse 2 says, Like newborn babies, you must crave pure milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. So the Apostle Peter is just saying, you know, there's that, you know, there was, we, we had our kids and there was a, you know, you're grow, they're growing and, you know, they've been doing good for a few months on milk and, you know, we're eating at the dinner. They're in their little high chair and, and, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm really enjoying this food. And so I'll put, you know, some of my food over on the baby tray and Stern's like, what are you doing? Well, they're old enough to, you know, have a piece of meat now. They don't even have teeth, you know. <laughs> so, you know, she put the kibosh on that. But it's like you got to start somewhere. And you can't eat some solid food at first. You got to have some things broken down and mashed and, and made, yeah. make it easy to yeah. digest. And I love what he says there, the pure milk, the pure spiritual milk. And that's, that's so good. one translation says the, the, the purity of the spirit, the, the word of God. And sometimes we think we can be nourished just on Christian music, uh, you know, and just that's enough to sustain us. It's not. We have to be eating and nourishing ourselves in the word of God. And uh, so... You know, but baby stage has some benefits. And this is why, spiritually speaking, some people get stuck in the baby stage. Because somebody's actually preparing your food and feeding it to you. They're spoon-feeding it to you, which is kind of nice. I mean, I'm sorry. I get tired of grocery shopping, preparing meals, cleaning up after meals. Are you all hearing me? The more you grow with God, you, the more you realize... I can't depend on somebody else's prayers. I've got to start learning how to do it for myself. So, okay, I'm just going to step all over all of our toes right now, okay? If the first thing you think of when you have a crisis is calling somebody else for prayer, you might want to look at the stages right now. Have you grown in your walk with God that you can run to God first? There's nothing wrong with calling somebody up and saying, pray with me. But it's time to grow. When you grow spiritually, you realize, I have a direct line that I can talk to God. 
I need to grow up and I need to learn how to talk to God instead of being spoon-fed. But it's nice. Anybody ever realized, okay, let's just take healing. Have you ever realized that when there's a, a healing service and people are getting prayed over, it's usually the baby Christians who get healed just like that. And the people who've walked with God for years, they got to walk out their healing. Why is that? Because God is helping, just like you would help a baby. Just like none of us would just put a baby on the ground and go, well, there you go. Have a nice life. God doesn't do that with us either. God says, oh, come here. Come here, sweet girl. Come here, sweet, sweet man of God. You're going to be a man of God someday, but right now you're a baby. I need to help you. That is the amazing God that we serve. He's so good to us. That is amazing, because, but then there does come a time where he expects us to grow. He's like, come on. You got to start walking on your own two feet here. Come on. Stir up some faith on your own. Grow. Dip. Be dependent on me. Learn to believe me for things. Yeah. It's wow. so good. You know, and also one of the characteristics of babies is they're just ignorant. They're just ignorant of things. And it's like whatever they see just kind of goes in the mouth, you know. Nuts, bolts, steaks. Okay, we could even make this dog make this food. dogs. No, I was thinking when we had puppies. Spiders. They're just like vacuums of everything that went on the ground. We couldn't just allow anything on the ground because it would go in the puppy's mouth. It goes in a toddler's mouth. So when you're a Christian, why are we saying this? Spiritually speaking, you got to be careful. Not everything that glistens is gold. Not everything should just be digested. There, you can even put the Christianese title on stuff, and it may not be biblical. It may not be in the Word. Okay, I'm talking real here. I'm not trying to help some of you. So just because, so when you're a baby, you got to be careful. Not everything. Now, okay, let me give you an example. I've, I've, I love, okay, call me a nerd, but I, I know. This is what pastors do in their free time. I love to listen to other messages and sermons from all kinds of preachers. When I was a baby, I wouldn't have done that. You know Why? Because I wouldn't have been able to decipher, oh, what they just said. Because not everybody is quoting the word of God or even biblical in, in what they're saying. I've grown enough in God that I can detest. I can actually go, oh, that is so good. And then the next thing they say, I'm like, oh, that's not even in the Bible. Are you following me? Yeah. But it's not like I, I you know. We had the best conversation with our daughter for an hour over this subject because she was talking about to us. She goes, I want to know, you know, I'm, I'm trying to win people to Christ, but they, they get tripped up with, well, there's so many denominations, and how do you know which one's the real? And she goes, what do I say to that, Mom? And I said, well, you go back to, is it in the Word of God? You know, yes, there's still a lot of denominations who all depend on the word of God and it's how they're interpreting a few, few scriptures. But I'm like, you know, if they're, if they're still Bible based, they're going to heaven. It might be a little bit, they might have a different opinion on a few scriptures, but
that they're going to heaven. But I'm talking when there's major differences and you're a baby and you don't know that, you got to watch out. You got to guard that babyhood and allow people in your life that you trust to be able to help you through that time. That's so good. It's, it's, uh, there's no harm in getting advice from people that have walked with the Lord longer than you and just go, you know, I've been hearing this. What is, is this in the Bible? Is this accurate? Is this good? Should, uh, should I follow this? And there's, you know, like you said, the, there's Christian labels on things, but it doesn't mean it's biblically based. And how many times have we, you know, just people dating, oh, they're a Christian, but they live like the devil. You know, it's like, yeah, I can, anybody can put the name on. You know, uh, Tom, he works in pest control, and uh, so sometimes they got to bait the little critters. And so what they do is uh, they get really good food, and then they just put a tiny amount of poison in it. And, you know, we have a real spiritual battle, the devil. You know, concerning babies, I heard this the other day, the most dangerous place for babies today is the womb because of abortion. Isn't that terrible? Babies don't even have a chance. But the, uh, the devil, likewise, hates newborn babes in Christ. And so he wants to, oh, this is Christian, but it's laced with a little bit of deceit, a little bit of lie to attract a baby Christian to it, and then they will consume it and, and lose, lose their innocence into something that God never intended for them. That's right. Okay, let's go to adolescence. Isn't that a fun stage of life? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 says, then we will no longer be immature like children. So that adolescent stage is that stage in life when you're getting, getting out of being a, a child and yet you're not quite an adult, but you're, you're that in-between stage. You're, you're wanting to be faithful to what mom and dad are telling you, but there's still some unsteadiness maybe going on. You're still discovering life and, you know... I, I grew up, I, my mom and dad are here, great home, and, and uh, my mom and dad, you know, we, Saturdays oftentimes were chore day, so, you know, and uh, after cartoons, it was time to, to do chores and whatnot, and so, but, you know, all my friends were out in the neighborhood playing and having a good time, but, you know, mom and dad were like, okay, Greg, uh, time for you to mow the yard, and when you're done mowing the yard, that's your chore, you can go play, and so it's like, okay. So I go mow the yard, and one of my buddies would ride by on their bicycle. Hey, Greg, let's go play football. And, you know, halfway through mowing the yard and looking, mom and dad aren't around. I'll just go for a little bit. I'll come back. I'll finish later, you know. And so just leave the yard, leave the mower in the middle of the yard, half done, and go take off with my buddies. And, uh, and then pretty soon my brothers would become looking for me. You are so much in trouble <coughs> because I became a little bit unreliable. Uh, and so there was a learning curve that uh, my parents had to put me through. You can't do that. You finish. That's the agreement we agreed to. 
then you can go do play. And so sometimes in adolescence, so even true. spiritually, spiritually, so we start out okay. Once again, don't raise your hands because you know we're not we're not trying to see where you're at, but. You know, how many have ever made, made a decision, man, I'm going to pray every day and I'm going to get into God's word every day and you do it great for a while and then you just like kind of stop, get out of the habit. I know it's quiet in here. So if that's you, once again, you might be in that adolescent stage. You know, I can't count how many times people have told us, you know, the same thing goes with church. If you're watching right now online, that this might be you. You know, man, I'm going to be so faithful. You know, you're going to see me every Sunday. I can't wait to get involved. And then, you know, you're like, man, wonder where they are. Adolescence leaves things. They're unsteady. They're not faithful yet. They need to learn how to be faithful, to, to dig in their heels to learn how to grow in all areas of their spiritual life. And it's just part of the growing process. It is part of the growing process. And, and that's part of the thing. You know, it's like you, we got to be people that have grace to help people grow. Yeah. I'm thankful my mom and dad just said, you little knucklehead. You didn't finish the yard? Get out. You're not welcome here. You know, my folks didn't do that. Thank God they might have thought that, but they didn't <laughs> do it. And same way in church, you know, just because somebody doesn't follow through on something doesn't mean we, we're done with them. Right. It just means God has given us an opportunity to exercise a little more patience, and we need to grow in helping other people. And, right. you know, sometimes we can be so short with people, but, man, giving people grace. How many love it when people give you grace? Yeah, be quick to give people grace. So it's good give to them give a grace. Patience. So some grace, you get some grace. How about another another thing of adolescence is curiosity. Um, you know, curiosity is fine in some areas, but you know, curiosity can lead to what the Bible talks about: either too much talking and not enough listening, or uh, listening to maybe things they shouldn't be listening to, like. What's going on with so-and-so? Well, maybe you don't need to know what's going on with so-and-so. You know what I'm talking about? So Proverbs 10, verse 19, says, Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Now, that's pretty plain. I can't say it any more plain than that. Let the Bible just speak for itself. Too much talk can lead to sin. Keep our mouths shut. But sometimes that's hard. We want to just talk, 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 talk. Yeah. Especially us women. Yeah, we especially. <laughs> wow, glad us men aren't like that. <laughs> but there's, there's wisdom in listening more, you know. And sometimes there's areas we, we don't need to. How many, sometimes you regret you found out information you wish you hadn't found out? You know, and so we just need to stay in our lane and let, if you're not invited into someone's personal life, you're not invited into their personal life, you know, stay out, you know. And so sometimes being curious and, and then talking, oh, pastor, we need to pray for so-and-so. 
And then, oh, Lord, help them because they are just a hot mess. They are involved <laughs> in that thing. I saw, and I know that's not again, that's so bad and so wrong. You know, and they pray a gossip prayer, you know, trying to inform everybody around them. It's like, we didn't know. We didn't need to know, you know. So um, sometimes we just got to realize we need to grow. Yeah. And if we're not invited into somebody's personal life, we just need to stay out. And maybe you sense there's something going on, but just, Lord, I don't know what's going on in their life, but Lord, I, I just ask that you would just guide them, lead them. And if they need conviction, you know, how many appreciate, I love Jordan, your message. Uh, Michael got thrown under the bus, but we appreciate that. <laughs> but I love the story, though. You're, you were upset, but then the Holy Spirit came and convicted you on the way home. You, yeah, and you listened. You listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and when you got home, man, what a beautiful story of, of surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes we can know what's going on in someone's life, and, and we can just pray, Lord, just lead them, guide them, bring your sweet love and conviction. How many know it's better when the Holy Spirit just kind of leads you gently than somebody slapping you upside the head? So much better. And we can, we can pray for people instead of getting into their business. All right, so let's move out of the adolescence. Let's go to adulthood. What does adulthood spiritually look oh, like? Oh, man. Okay, so the first one we're Sometimes going to. Sometimes it's no fun to grow up. <laughs> the first adulting. one. Adulting. Adulting. We're adulting spiritually. Adulting is, number one, the ability to walk in love. I'll say it again. Adulting is the ability to walk in love. John 13, 34, so now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How can you see where you're at spiritually? Well, how's your love walk? That, you can, you can look at your own self and go, well, where am I at? Well, how you doing on your love walk? Are you adulting yet? And, you know, we can go to 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 4 through 8, and talks about love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle, love prefers somebody else. So those are the characteristics of the God kind of love towards one another. And sometimes, you know, we can look at ourselves and go, well, how am I doing when I'm uh, with my spouse, my friends, church members? the grocery clerk who is like taking forever you can be patient but are you kind while you're patient you know what i'm saying and so we can walk in love and we're all tested in this and, you know there's always room to grow and uh you know it's it's we get checked out in our, in our love so walk so much. So one thing to, to really un help us understand is walking in love does not mean that you are agreeing. It is not agreement. Walking in love doesn't mean, so they might be doing something that you know is totally not, not biblical. Can you love them still? <laughs> yes. It doesn't mean, love doesn't, loving them and doing the love walk doesn't mean, oh, I agree with everything you're doing. No, you don't have to agree with them, but you can still love them. 
And love them well. Can be patient. Can be kind. Yep. Can be generous towards other people, even. And uh, so we need to make up our mind to grow in love. And, uh, you know, this is a growing lesson that it's just repeated all the time because we live with one another. <laughs> we live with people. And so the growing opportunity is constant. You're never going to stop adulting on this one. I hate to tell it to you, but for the rest of your life, you're going to continue to be challenged in this one because you, you think everything's going peachy keen. Can I say that? Peachy keen. And then they're going to do something stupid. They're going to say something inappropriate. It's going to happen. It's called we live in this world, this life. They're going to say something that is like going to push your button. And you have a choice. Am I going to choose to walk in love? Or am I going to lose it? Who's the mature adult? There you go. Spiritually, who's going to be the adult? The person who's losing it or you? Where are you at? Where's your growth? And the biggest trouble you're going to get with the Lord is how you deal with other people. Not your church attendance, but how you work with other people. You know, and the Bible talks a lot about uh, name-calling other people. And uh, it, Jesus said, that other person you're calling names is a creation of Almighty God. You know, that checks us out. We may not agree, like you said. We may have different lifestyles and thoughts, but that's a human being. We need to be careful how we talk about one another. You, you had a quote in this message that, honestly, you should probably all write down a Pastor Greg quote because I plan on really quoting this a lot. And this is the quote, love will hurt to spare you being hurt. I'll say it again. Love will hurt to spare you being hurt. How do I know that? Look at Jesus. Jesus hurt to spare you being hurt for eternity. He loved you enough to say, I'll take the blame for anything you ever do wrong. I'll take the punishment. I'll bleed. I'll, I'll be beaten. I'll die for you. I will hurt for you because I love you that much. I see this sometimes in mama, I call them mama bears. Mama bears many times will hurt to protect their child from being hurt. That's why you see mama bears run in front of cars to get their child out of the way because they would rather get hit by the car themselves than their child get hit by the car. Spiritually speaking, love will hurt to spare somebody else. When you see somebody else about ready to get hurt, what do you do? Where are you at with that? Are you willing to go out of your way to say, no, 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 let me, let me take care of that. Love, love, another scripture in the Bible is love covers multitude of things. Love covers it. You know, and that's, that's a really big growth spot it's huge. right there. It's huge growth. Because, uh, you know, what our tenant, our carnal nature, our flesh, you know, when we see a fault in somebody, 
our tendency is like, look at this. Look at the fault right here. Do you see this? This is a problem. I can't believe they're involved. I can't believe they do this. Look at that. Look. Look. Can you believe what they said? Can you believe what they do? Can you believe who they hang out? Oh, my goodness. Look. But love will say, you know, we just need to cover that. That's, that's between them and the Lord. We just need to pray for them. We'll just cover that. You know, sometimes uh, we see this uh, in new, uh, news medias. You know, sometimes a pastor will have a, uh, a falling away, and so the news media will get another pastor in the community and go, you know, what do you think about such and such church and that pastor who did that thing? And, you know, the godly pastor will go, you know, it's just kind of a family business in the church, and we just need to rally around them and bring healing and help to that situation. You know, we don't have to point out, you know. Well, Jesus did it. Jesus said, he who, who has no sin is the first one to cast the stone. And then they all ended up walking away. Because Jesus said, if you think you have no issues in your life, you are sadly mistaken. I was with, uh, I was serving a pastor at another church, and so it was myself, kind of the understudy and the senior pastor, and, and uh, we were with this other church member. And... Uh, brilliant what happened. I was just like, I just learned a ton. And he, so this person said to the pastor, well, do you know what's going on with such and such? I can't believe how they handled that situation concerning their finances. And so the pastor goes, well, let's talk about how you handle your finances. (laughs) Well, that's none of your business. You're right. And it's none of our business to talk about theirs. <laughs> it's like, okay, that just that that ended it. Well, how the Mariners doing? All right. Let's. <laughs> All right. So the first one is to be adulting and spiritually the ability to walk in love. Everybody say it. The ability, the ability to, to walk, walk in, in love. love. Number two, the ability to control what you say. Okay, here we go. James 3, verse 2 says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. The ability, you know, you know, I sometimes adult pretty good, and other days I'm like, ooh, I didn't adult very good today. I'm just being real. And I'm a pastor. Some days I'm like, I didn't adult very good today because I didn't say, th- I said things I probably shouldn't have said today. You ever been there? You need to evaluate yourself and go, you know, I shouldn't have said that today and I said it. So then I take it to God and go, God, I really shouldn't have said this today. Please forgive me. I'm going to try and adult better tomorrow, spiritually speaking. I'm going to try and control what I say. And James is full of that oh, as far as our tongues. Yeah, if you want to grow, just read, read James the book of James. You know, and the other thing, part of maturing too, is 
because like he even said, we make many mistakes. And if we could control what we say, you know, we would have, we would arrive. So in other words, he's saying, ain't none of us arrived. But the, in addition to that is when we say something to somebody and you can't take it back. Once it's out of your mouth, it's gone. But at least the one thing we can do is go back and apologize and say, I was wrong for saying what I said. Will you forgive me? And so that's, that's another mark of maturity. Being able to admit you were wrong. Being able to admit you were wrong. Being able to admit you were wrong. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure. Nobody wanted to say yay on that one. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Moving right along. Number three, the ability to not worry. Do you know that you're growing up spiritually when you learn, hey, I'm not worrying like I used to, because you're learning to trust God. You're learning to grow your faith that you don't need to worry because you've got God on your side. He's helping take care of you. So we're going to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. This, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear that's for all us women right there. You don't go to your closet and go, I have nothing to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Everybody say above. Above, above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's a promise. That's, that's, that's. That's Jesus. That's a promise. Red letters. Yeah, red letters. And so, but what is our tendency? You know, we're living in a day of uncertainty on so many levels, and it's easy to get consumed. And, you know, the news media is just great to tell you, don't worry about a thing. Everything's under control. You know? Isn't the news media help you say God's got it all, and God's, God's going to take care of you. Don't worry about all this stuff. I mean, they give you, by the end of the news cycle, you're like, man, where's the Maylocks? You know, I don't know. Are we going to make it to the end of the day, you know, before the world ends? So, but Jesus is saying so many places, cast all your care upon him. He cares for you. You do have cares, but give them to Jesus. Let him worry about them so you can go to sleep. Right. He wants you to get rest. He wants you to have a peace of mind. He wants you to be stable in your thought life. And worry can make you distracted. And if you're consumed by worry, oftentimes we make bad decisions that flow out of a worrisome mind. You know, this one can be tested a lot on the job. Because a lot of people have stressful jobs. How many, how many would say, you know what, I would consider my job a stressful job? Yeah, yeah. So this is a big one in learning to grow. To be able to go to a very stressful job and be able to say, I'm not going to get into worry. I'm not going to take this on myself. I'm going to depend on you, God, right in the middle of this chaos, right in the middle of this stress. I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to depend on you to help me. I'm going to depend on you today on this job. That's growing up spiritually. Okay, how about the last one? Number four, you know you're adulting when you have the ability to be generous. 
the ability to be generous. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Everybody say cheerfully. So if you just give, but you're not cheerful when you give, please don't give. Are you following me? If you can't give cheerfully, then just don't give. Because God loves someone whose heart is generous, whose heart is cheerful in giving. A person who gives cheerfully, verse 8, and God will generously provide all you need. Remember I said there's, there was a promise. Here's another promise. God says, if you give generously, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for all of your needs. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You know the cool thing about adulting and when you learn to be generous is that God watches and sees who is generous and goes, I can get money through them. Therefore, you kind of get blessed as a result of it. Because when you are a generous person, God goes, I can trust you and I can just start funneling money through you. If you're a stingy person, I'm sorry. Maybe eventually. And, you know, this, is, this just applies in so many areas of our life. Generous with words of kindness and affirmation to one another. I mean, sometimes we think nice thoughts, but are we releasing them to people that we really care about? You know, uh, see somebody that's not having a good day. Just being generous to just share some verbal affirmation to somebody. You know, it's going to be all right. God loves you. Can I pray with you? Being generous in your prayer with somebody. You know, what are you dealing with? Yeah, great Devo this morning by Karina, just talking about how the Lord just prompted her heart. She could have drove by this individual, but out of generosity of her heart and compassion, she wheeled around and took some time, generous with her time to be a blessing. The Good Samaritan is a great example of someone that was generous on so many levels, their finances and their care, their concern for another individual. Uh, are we generous? And sometimes we just think, Lord, I just need enough for us four and no more. Well, that sounds good, but really you need to have, believe God for a little bit more than just the, the four of you. You need to be like, Lord, I thank you for taking care of us four, but can we have a little extra so we can help some of the people around us that need some help? Amen. You know, it's okay to ask to be, to be blessed beyond yourself. It's okay. And I think that actually gives the Lord a smile on his face when you say, Lord, we thank you for providing for us. But, Lord, can we help provide for somebody else? And like you said, if he can get it through you, he will get it to you. Would you stand? If everybody would just bow their heads, close their eyes just for a moment. Those of you watching online, just, we just want to take this moment just to have a connection with God. The Lord loves you so much that he wants you to have a relationship with him. If you're in this place or watching online, this is a moment where you can make a decision to surrender your life to Christ. Pastor Starling is going to lead us in a prayer. And if that's you, when I count to three, just raise your hand, and we're all going to pray a prayer together. And you watching online, just join in with us. Raise your hand right where you're at. 
and God will meet you there. And this is this part where we surrender our life or re rededicate our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. One, today's a great day to receive Jesus. Two, don't let your thoughts talk you out of this moment. Three, raise your hand in this place and those online. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, amen. Jesus. Yes, yes, amen. Would you all just say this prayer with them and those online or by the sound of my voice, just repeat this prayer and make Jesus number one today. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For the blood of Jesus. For the blood of Jesus. That was shed for me. That was shed for me. I thank you. I thank you for forgiving me. For forgiving me. I thank you. I thank you that today. That today. I put off the old me. I put off the old. And me, I put on. And I put on the new. The new. Because you. Because you are not only savior. You are not only savior. But you're Lord of my life. But Lord of my I life. I surrender everything. I surrender everything to you. To you. And I thank you. And I thank you for living inside me. For living inside of me. To help me. To help me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.